This podcast is proudly supported by QUT Podclass, a brand new series of free podcasts hosted by Madonna King, developed for everyone who is passionate about teaching. Exploring topics like managing your career development through to creating greater engagement in the classroom, all with a real-world focus. Search QUT Teacher Podcast to listen today. Hello, and thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Rebecca Vukovic. Keeping kids safe online is a constant challenge for parents and teachers, and it can be easy to understand why it's such a worry. Data show 99% of Australian parents with children aged between 2 and 17 report having an internet connection in the home, and 1 in 5 Australian children have been cyberbullied online between the ages of 8 and 17. The statistics on this are clearly alarming, but the good news is there is help out there. My guest for today's episode is Australia's eSafety Commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant, who was appointed to lead the eSafety Office in 2017 and charged with the role of promoting online safety for all Australians. Julie has an impressive resume that includes working for the US Congress, Twitter, Adobe, and a 17-year stint at Microsoft. In today's episode, we talk about the common cyberbullying incidents that young people report to her office, how her team worked to protect children online, and where teachers can find resources to help them to navigate cyberbullying challenges both in and outside their classrooms. But to get things started, I asked Julie to give listeners more of an understanding of her role and responsibilities as Australia's eSafety Commissioner. Here's Julie. The eSafety Commissioner is the only regulatory body in the world that is charged with solely looking after the online safety of its citizens. And we do this in a number of fundamental ways. We start with a robust evidence base, so we have an in-house research team. And then our primary prevention strategies are around education and awareness, and we educate young people directly through teachers, parents, uh, and guardians, and others. And then we have a series of early intervention services through our complaints and regulatory schemes. So we deal with youth-based cyberbullying for Australians 18 and under. We have an image-based abuse reporting site where we um, serve all Australians who've had their intimate images or videos shared online without their consent, and we've got about an 80% success rate in terms of getting those images and videos taken down for more than 150 overseas sites. Um, We also have the Cyber Report team, which um, did 13,000 investigations last year into illegal online content. Our focus is primarily on child sexual abuse material, but we also deal with pro-terrorist content. And the newest scheme that we're operating is around um, issuing notices to sites that are hosting abhorrent violent material. Now, this came about in the wake of the Christchurch massacre that was live streamed on Facebook Live. And so... um, 
that's a whole new set of powers um, that have been bestowed upon us. So your office operates the world's first and only legislated cyberbullying complaint scheme where children and young people under 18 years of age can report serious cyberbullying incidents. Could you tell me more about this service? Sure. We were established in 2015 for that very purpose, to provide um, children who've been at seriously cyberbullied and have reported to a major social media site um, to serve as that safety net because we know that often reports fall through the cracks. So when you think about the fact that Facebook has 2.2 billion users online, there are a billion tweets on Twitter every two days, and more than 400 hours worth of video content is uploaded to YouTube every minute, there are vast amounts of content that these sites are dealing with as well as a vast number of reports. Now, content moderators have between 30 seconds and a minute to look at that tweet or the post and decide whether or not that contravenes their terms of service. So obviously things fall through the cracks. So in Australia, young people, their teachers, school administrators, or parents can come to us. We regulate the social media sites, and we will advocate on behalf of that child if we do think they've been serious seriously cyberbullied, and that is defined as seriously harassing, intimidating, humiliating, or threatening. It's fantastic to know that there's a service like that out there for young people, but when it comes to the service though, what are some of the most common cyberbullying incidents that young people report? Well, I, it's, I think most teachers will find this not surprising but interesting. Now, we know that the average age of a child being cyberbullied is 14 in Australia. One in five young people have been cyberbullied. And in almost all cases, it's peer-to-peer -peer and is an extension of social conflict that's happening within the school gates. So the other thing that's really insidious about cyberbullying is that it's 24-7, it's pervasive, and it follows a child home. But it's also covert to parents and teachers, but very visible to one's peers. So a child's humiliation is amplified when it's online. So one of the, the most common um, forms of bullying that we come across um, are saying mean or nasty comments online, what young people will describe as creating drama online. But another major one is social exclusion. So being invited to um, a a party um, and you know deliberately excluding people. 15% um, of our reports are around direct threats or violence or GKY, go kill yourself. Mm -hmm. So a real coarsening of language that we're seeing coming through here um, that's obviously of a huge concern to us. Yeah. Let's chat about some of the numbers now because I know your office collects a lot of data on young people's behavior online and incidents of bullying. Could you run me through your data on how many young people experience bullying, where they turn to for help, and how their parents, carers and teachers feel about managing those incidents? Right. Well, well as I said earlier, about one in five Australian children have been cyberbullied online between the ages of 8 and 17. And these numbers have largely stayed consistent over the past uh, 10 years or so. Um, it's also important to know that face-to-face -face bullying is still more prevalent than cyberbullying. So one in four um, kids are bullied face-to-face -face versus one in five that are cyberbullied online. But we know that the risk factors for young people um, in terms of um, extreme 
mental distress are increased markedly when they're both bullied, um, cyberbullied and bullied face-to-face. So that's something that we need to keep in mind. We also know, uh, particularly as children reach the teenage years and they're trying to establish um, independence, uh, a lot fewer than we would like uh, will engage in help-seeking behaviors or tell an adult. So we know um, to the young people that we surveyed that only 8% spoke to a teacher or a deputy principal and just 8% spoke to a school counselor when something went wrong online. Um, By contrast, about 55% would talk to a peer and I'm sorry, 55% would talk to parents and about 28% will talk to their peers. And so this shows you why it's so important um, to make sure that we're encouraging people to get help, uh, young people in particular. Um, you know, we, we know um, from both research and from working with young people that the more rapidly we can take down harmful content, the more that prevents the trauma and re-victimization of the child. So we want them to engage in and help-seeking behaviors, which includes coming to the e-safety office or reporting to the social media site to get that content taken down. We also work with Kids Helpline. We've referred about 9,000 kids um, for that 24 by 7 um, anonymous counseling services. They're, They're a great service. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to focus on teachers specifically now for a moment because I've heard you say previously that it's incredibly important to teach kids basic principles on how to use technology responsibly, show respect online, develop digital resilience skills, and learn critical reasoning. In practice, though, how does a teacher actually go about teaching these skills to students? Uh, I mean, that's a great question. And um, as you probably heard me say, we talk about the four R's for the digital age, um, being beyond reading, writing, and arithmetic to include respect, responsibility, um, critical reasoning skills, and building digital resilience. Um, And and we know that educators play a really important role in in terms of helping um, reinforce those values, which ultimately should be taught in the home in the first instance, because as as we say, they they are values. And we know that 81% of Australian parents are handing over an internet-connected device to a four, four-year-olds, um, so 81% and 42% are handing over um, tablets or phones to two-year-olds. So the minute we hand over a digital device is the minute that we need to think about um, safeguarding our children, uh, one by um, setting parental controls so they don't come across anything um, inadvertently, but being engaged in their online lives as we, we, know, we need to be during their everyday lives. But I'm sure there are cases when kids come to school um, who are using um, devices on a daily basis. They may not have limitations set at home. They may not have learned the online etiquette that they need. And and we know that that sometimes this burden falls to teachers. We think respectful relationships education is really important to teaching some of these values. Um, But then we've also developed a range of teacher resources that are mapped to the curriculum and that are on the the Wellbeing Hub, Student Wellbeing Hub, that teachers can access. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the suite of resources. In fact, there's quite a lot available on the site for educators to access for free, including tools, tips and advice. 
Could you tell me more about that? Sure. I, I mean, I think the other thing that's really important is that we're engaging with young people um, using the media that they use. So I, I know I've got three kids. Um, they're often on YouTube. I find this phenomenon very interesting where they're actually watching other people play Roblox or Minecraft on YouTube rather than playing it themselves. I'm sure others have experienced that phenomenon. Um, but so we do have video resources, for instance, through Rewrite Your Story. Um, they're short video snippets that are based on real-life cases that have um, come into our office around cyberbullying. And we don't come up with a solution. So it's, it's a video that you can show in class. They come with lesson plans. So you show the video. They're quite impactful. And then you can start discussions with students about how they would resolve the issue, what they would do. You know, help them problem solve so they can apply these lessons in real life. We have the Young and eSafe lesson plans and website, which again has lots of video um, resources. And we encourage young people to build their skills around empathy, resilience, critical thinking, and responsibility online. The newest one that I'm really excited about is called the YES Project, which is a comprehensive teacher-led digital and social health safety pro program. And it encourages young people to explore a range of confronting and challenging online experiences and again come up with solutions. So because we know that so many kids will rely on their peers rather than adults in their lives to deal with online safety issues, we want to be able to arm um, children and their their peers to be able to see the signs of cyberbullying and other forms of online harassment, know what resources to go to, but without burdening them too much and you know putting too much responsibility on their shoulders. But it's really about having young people themselves shape their digital worlds. Yeah, and just finally, the office runs a professional learning program for teachers that focuses on supporting student digital well-being. I've got two questions on this one. What topics or issues are covered in the program? But then also more broadly, why is it important that we see e-safety as an overall part of a child's well-being? Uh, I think that's an excellent question. I'm, I mean, I, I guess you probably don't have to ask teachers that because they're probably having to deal with issues in the classroom every day, even if phones are not uh, allowed um, around a cyberbullying incident or uh, a, an incident where sexting's gone wrong and an intimate image has been shared. And we just need to give um, teachers um, the basic training and skills to be able to navigate those issues and help their students find resolution. So we do have a pre-service uh, training program for those um, that are um, coming out of the um, teaching schools these days. But we're really excited about revamping our teacher professional learning program. Uh, right now we have three new webinars um, that are out that focus on current trends in technology, the latest cyber-related laws, and then the education resources and strategies that can empower students to deal with these online challenges. Um, so we mix these up all the time. We have them um, going until the late hours of the night because we know that most teachers uh, prefer to do these in, in the evening after they're done with school and marking homework and feeding their own kids and putting them to bed. And we want to make sure that all of all three time zones are covered. So it's free. Um, it, um, it is a, uh, accredited in at least, um, I think, ACT in New South Wales. 
Um, but um, we have something like a, a 95% uh, approval rate um, in terms of the feedback we get from, from teachers on these. So they are high quality resources that are developed by former teachers for teachers. Fantastic. And it's such important work you're doing here at the eSafety office. So Julie Inman Grant, thanks for sharing your insights with Teacher Magazine. Thank you. And don't forget to go to eSafety.gov.au if you need any of these education resources. Thanks for listening to this episode from Teacher Magazine. As Julie just said, all the resources, programs and reports we've spoken about today are all available at the eSafety website. That's esafety.gov.au. If you'd like to listen to more from Teacher, you'll find us by searching Teacher A-C-E-R wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify as well. You've been listening to a Teacher Magazine podcast proudly supported by QUT Podclass, a brand new series of free podcasts all about teaching and teachers. Join us as we explore tips and tricks on managing teacher well-being, finding the right career mentor, and getting greater engagement from students in the classroom. Search QUT Teacher Podcast to listen today.